0: Welcome to the Guide in Cancer Culture podcast. I'm Stephen Strang. Last fall, right after my book came out, one of the first places I was invited to speak was at a convention. It was sponsored by Global Celebration up in Pennsylvania. It was a great conference, a great experience for me. And they invited me back. This time, they did a virtual conference. They called it Shift America, It was actually on March 25th, live, and I was one of several speakers, and I asked them if I could get permission to run it on my God and Cancel Culture podcast. I hope you'll buy the book. It's available on stevestrangbooks.com, and we are doing a new push. In fact, in a few days, I'll be at Reawaken America, and I'm doing some op-eds and doing some other kinds of things. And... So I'm also doing more podcasts, and I wanted to share this with you. After this opening, I pause, and then you will hear what people saw. It must have been on Zoom or something. It was some kind of video, and thousands of people, and then, of course, it's online with Global Celebration. And I so appreciate Georgian and Winnie Banoff, the leaders. We, As we talk about on the interview, you'll hear it. Uh, we've been friends for a long, long time. They are an amazing couple, have an amazing ministry. They were on the cover of Charisma Magazine just uh, a few months ago. Kind of, the, I think the headline was the Apostle of Joy. They're just wonderful, joyful people, but they're also very concerned, as I am, about the future of America. So here's my interview in joy.
1: Well Steve uh, what a what a uh, uh, amazing leader you are and I've known known you personally uh, in the, not every day we're running together but we work together with your magazine. Uh, I remember going going around the world with nothing but worship in all the time zones and and uh, we work together with your magazine to make that known. Thank you very much for what you've been doing all these years faithful to the Lord and and here you are. Uh, at at the prime at the prime of your life right now, in the most crucial battle ever that we have ever faced ever, America has never faced that, and it is now. But there you are, the the right uh, training that you had all these years, and you've been married with with joy for quite a while now, thirty years or forty years here, maybe I don't know. How long? I forget. What have I been doing for thirty years? No, at. Uh, I'm saying you've been married with, I know your wife, Joy, right? You guys have been married for quite a while, at least 34 uh, In a few months, we'll have been married 50 years. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Congratulations. We, we've we been married 44. You're way ahead of us. So <laughs> bless you. Uh, what's on your heart right now? We want to support. We want to be trained. And this is why we're here to understand what the Lord is saying and, and what to do, how, how to respond to what. So go for it.
0: Well, thank you. Boy, Lance uh, warmed everything up really well, didn't he? He is so powerful, and I'm so honored to be with you. I have so much respect for you and your ministry, and as you say, we've known each other for a long, long time. And, you know, I consider that we're fellow combatants in this spiritual warfare that we find ourselves in. Now, of course, this isn't new. It just seems to be at a whole new level. It seems... uh you know, as a journalist, and a, I'll call myself an amateur historian, I've studied these things, and America and the world have had some terrible, terrible times before, and the Lord came through. I want to just uh, applaud you for bringing focus to P- on Purim. A lot of Christians are sort of unaware of this Jewish holiday, even though most people would be familiar, of course, with the story of Esther. We need to be like Esther's and stand up to the horrendous evil that's out there. You know, God caused each of us to be born at a certain time. It's not an accident. We had no choice but to be faithful in this generation. And as it seems like our country is going more and more liberal, shall I say, liberal in lots of ways, culturally, socially, as well as politically, or actually it's gone way beyond liberal, it's it's woke now. We have to remember that we have to, to stand up, or else we're gonna find in America what you see in Canada and Australia. If you've ever traveled to those countries, as I have, they're pretty similar to America. You know, the people, you know, their economies and their culture and so forth. But what happened is They are just absolutely taken over by liberals. There are conservatives in those countries, but it's a little bit like in California. A third of California is very, very conservative, but they can't do anything. And if we're not careful, we're going to find that uh, here in America. In fact, I've had conversations with Canadians who say that the reason it hasn't happened in America is there is a fairly strong conservative base, I'll call it, who push back. Now, a lot of times it feels like we're not very effective. But look, we elected Donald Trump. That was a horrendous disruption to what was going on. All of these trends have been going on, in my opinion, at least a hundred years. Certainly in our lifetime. You know, the 60s, I write about this in my various books including God and Cancel Culture. The 60s were a horrible time. Uh, When Jimmy Carter was in, the economy was bad. America was weak. We had horrible inflation. And then God raised up an unlikely Hollywood actor, and he wasn't even that good a Hollywood actor. His name, of course, was Ronald Reagan. And things shifted. In fact, the Iron Curtain came down. Who would have thought? That was Ronald Reagan's number one goal. And when he became president in 1982, it was almost laughable that the Iron Curt- Curtain would come down. You know, I grew up in the Cold War and I thought that we'd live with uh, the Iron Curtain and, and communism as we knew it and the C- Cold War, the rest of our lives. And it looked for a short time like it went away. Now we've seen that it's come back more than ever. In fact, if anything, China has ridden, risen to the um, uh, forefront And in my opinion, communist China is far, far worse than Russian uh, communism ever was. And even with Putin, Putin is not a nice guy. I mean, there's no question about it. But you know what? There's a lot going wrong in the Ukraine as well. Uh, Does anybody remember Hunter Biden and all of that scandal? Uh, You know, the impeachment of Donald Trump was over something with the Ukraine. Uh, But. And, you know, these things are very, very complicated. And we don't really know all the sinister things that are going on. Some of them are finally coming to light with this whole reset. It's like the, uh, the uh, elite in uh, the world elite who have been around for a long time. George H.W. Bush, who, you know, we thought was a pretty nice guy. I supported him myself back in the 80s. You know, he was the one in his inaugural address who talked about the new world order. And you know everybody just saw oh, well that's a nice sounding phrase, but you know now we see that he and his son and a lot of the Republicans who we think we can trust we really can't trust them. They're all part of it too. There is something really going on, and we have to be careful about it. Now I'd like to shift gears and mention something about Putin. Um, there's a part of this story that is not being told, and that is how much. Putin hates the Pentecostals. You know, they have a Pentecostal community over there. It goes all the way back to Azusa Street. I visited the Soviet Union before the Iron Curtain came down. I met with Pentecostals, went to their churches. They It was a very, very small community. They had very, very little freedom, but they did exist and they did the best that they could. But... And I also went to the Ukraine on some of those same trips. It seemed to me that the the Pentecostals and Charismatics, they use both terms, the Protestants were much more vibrant in the Ukraine. And we've seen the churches explode. Some of the biggest churches, uh, Protestant churches in Europe, are in the Ukraine. The Ukrainians have stood up to totalitarianism and communism. There was something called the Orange Revolution, the charismatic churches got their people to turn out in mass in some of the, the peaceful uh, protests that happened. Putin sees that Protestantism, uh, as opposed to the Roman, uh, to the uh, Russian Orthodox Church, which he is in bed with, uh, the Russian Orthodox Church has a long history, at least 500 years of supporting a long list of tyrants that ran Russia. This is kind of Russia's history, even before communism. And uh, he's in bed with the Russian Orthodox Church. They see a real threat from Protestants. Protestants have always spoken to power. Think of Calvin, think of Luther. Even in our own country, the, the Great Awakening and all of these kinds of things, Protestants have always believed in freedom, freedom of worship, of course, freedom of consciousness. And he said he believes that it's the pentecostals and charismatics that are kind of ruining the ukraine pushing them more toward western values now there's a lot of other western values that aren't so good but it's a very interesting take that we have written about on our website charismanews.com gary kellner who has been uh spent part of the year for the last uh more than 20 years over in the ukraine Uh, he was our source. He wrote a very insightful editorial. I wrote an editorial that is just going to press. It'll be in the May issue of Charisma, talking about how Putin hates Pentecostals. When they invaded uh, the Ukraine, they went into a Church of God church. Now, that's a Church of God church that's affiliated with the Church of God here in the United States. In other words, missionaries helped start them. They kidnapped or arrested the pastor They had an orphanage. They put all the children out on the street, and they killed four pastors. I've seen this with my own eyes. I've seen pictures of it with my own eyes. We researched it, of course. It is barely uh, reported, but it's an example of where he has targeted Pentecostals and Charismatics, and I believe, regardless of the politics, we we as Christians need to stand with our Christian brothers and sisters in that part of the world. Thankfully, there's a lot of ministries, uh, such as City Serve, uh, such as Project Rescue, Convoy of Hope. A lot of ministries. I think Samaritans' purse is doing a lot of things, taking in aid to help the Ukrainians, but particularly uh, the Christians in that part of the world. And I'm all for it. You know, that's going to take. This thing is probably go on for a while. It's very, very hard to see what's gonna happen. There are some people that are saying this may uh, morph or evolve into World War III. We certainly hope that doesn't happen. But if you study history at all, you find that World War I started over the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand in Serbia, not too far from where you're from. I mean, it was a horrible assassination. It was, But assassinations happen. But one thing led to another, that led to another, that led to World War I. World War I was horrific war that we tend to overlook because World War II was worse, but World War I set the stage for Hitler and everything else that's happened. Thankfully, God raised up a very reluctant United States, both in the First World War and the Second World War, or else life today would be very, very different and I believe that it's the Christian base that supported uh, these efforts that was a lot of the difference. Now, since I've studied history and I'm a lifelong Pentecostal, in fact, I'm a fourth generation Pentecostal because my great-grandmothers uh, back in the teens received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, believe it or not. Back then, Pentecostals, which was a very new movement from Azusa Street in 1906, were pacifists. They were pacifists, like we think of uh, the Quakers or the Mennonites. They basically did not fight in World War I as a result of being pacifists. That same sort of uh, spirit of pacifism still kind of is in the church. Lance was talking about it. A lot of people feel that politics is dirty, we shouldn't touch. Now, Pentecostals are not pacifists today. We serve in the military. All of that kind of changed around World War II. But in terms of uh, being involved in, in the culture, we tend to stay in our churches. We tend to shout and praise the Lord and pray for the sick and cast out demons and believe the word of God and believe that our families are going to be saved. All of those things are well and good. But you know what? We don't do a whole lot to, to influence the rest of the world. We have got to stand up. We believe that we have the power of God. The power of God can defeat these demonic forces and that's really what they are. This is really a spiritual struggle that manifests itself in many different ways. And I'll wrap up by saying this, the Bible says that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. And that scripture is true it was true in the Roman empire. It was true during World War II and Hitler. It's true today and we have to believe that this goes along with what Lance said—that somehow God is going to use these terrible things to wake up the church, and that good
1: things will happen as a result. You know, <clears throat> Amen. Uh, uh, when you're talking about the the, the spirit filled church or the the Azusa, uh, I don't know if you knew the history of of the uh, uh, charismatic or Pentecostal church in Bulgaria and also is connected to Ukraine and and that uh, uh, you're talking about Russia as well. But two brothers from uh, Azusa days, two Ukrainians, they took off with the message of the Azusa and the importation and went on a ship all the way to Odessa, Ukraine, where they're they're from to bring that fresh fire. And the Black Sea was at storm and it's it's a treacherous sea so they Forced uh, docked and on, on one of the the seaports of Bulgaria for a whole month, and they were preaching and releasing uh, the the fire of the of Azusa, the spirit, the spirit field, and, it, and it, the whole thing just got erupted. And we, till this day, the spirit churches are the biggest and the most. We're mostly Pentecostals in Bulgaria, and that that was the most persecuted. People believers in in uh, in Bulgaria. There was the underground church. Those Pentecost fireball because they're the only they were dangerous to the communism, right? And now look at you saying well, that's something... the point that I'm making now.
0: They're still dangerous, exactly. and yes, the Pentecostal revival spread around the world to places like Bulgaria. It was it went to Scandinavia. It went to Great Britain. It went all over the world, and then of course missionaries have continued to take that to places like South Korea and Brazil, where it's just absolutely exploded. And, you know, we believe that God is up to something and we have to be faithful. It's easy to get discouraged. It's easy to feel like the other guys are more powerful than we are. Pentecostals basically do not have positions of power. And the few that are there, uh, I know many of them, they feel absolutely overwhelmed and they're marginalized. And the other conservatives think they're too religious and they're going to mess up things. You know, we need to stick together. We have got to stick together. Some of the things that Lance was talking about with uh, uh, politicians that are running and so forth. And we've got to get involved and we need to get involved at the school board level, the local level. And there's got to be a change in the culture. And the change is going to come not because we impose laws that will never work. Is because hearts are changed. And, you know, in the early days of the charismatic movement, I can remember, you know, even we've been marginalized and and canceled because we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about other Protestant Christians that would cancel Charisma Magazine back in the day. I mean, I sort of remember what that's like. But do you know why when people would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and power, their theology changed just like that. You could argue with them all day, but when they received something... They changed, and when people receive Christ and get on fire for Christ, a lot of this cultural nonsense and transgenderism and one world government, their attitude changes. We need to be evangelizing, we need a a revival. I know that sounds like a cliche, but I believe that it's true. And we've got to pray, we've got to believe, and we've got to have hope. We've got to have hope that God has the answer that he has a plan and purpose for each of us. We need to not get discouraged and give up. Absolutely.
1: Uh, I'd I like, before you go, i, I like like uh, two things. First of all, to tell us a little bit about your book, because I want people to to get your book and be familiar, uh, and and just pick something out of your book that is really, I mean, they're all, it's all relevant, Council Culture, of course. And at the end, just pray over us. We have about 12... 1,400 people watching live, and many more are gonna catch up uh, with it. But an importation of what to really do right now, because because we gotta be active uh, uh, all the way through November. My goal is by November 10th, uh, 8th, rather, to to agree to elect uh, people with godly values in the House and in the Senate. In Jesus' name, have majority. So tell us a little bit about your book, Cancel Culture and and tell us one thing that we should do or whatever whatever you want something out of the book and then uh, pray for us
0: well the book is called god and cancel culture and of course it's available on amazon and many stores but also at stevestrangbooks.com notice how i kind of slipped that in but i do believe it's the most important book i've ever written i have a podcast by the same name in which i look at what's happening there's always been an effort to cancel i mean Haman was trying to cancel the Jewish people, but it's gotten worse and worse and worse to even this week, the Babylon Bee, which is satire, um, called uh, Rachel Levine, who's a biological male that I write about in my book, uh, they named uh, her or him, whatever you call her, they, uh, the um, man of the year and were canceled on Twitter. Can you believe that? And there's all kinds of other examples of people that are canceled. And then what happens is people see someone like Mike Lindell or even the president of the United States uh, at the time Donald Trump was canceled. And they think, oh, if I speak out on this, they're going to cancel. Oh, these are the things you can't talk about. We can't talk about biblical values. We can't talk about them teaching CRT in the schools or whatever. And it's called self-censorship. And self-censorship is the worst censorship of all because the other side doesn't have to cancel us. We cancel ourselves. We become quiet. We become timid. And we have to push back. You ask one thing. We have to push back when there's cancellation. I mean, just like I'm pushing back on what Twitter did with the Babylon Bee and in other instances. I support Mike Lindell. He has been so strong. I admire him. I buy his products to try to help him. He was canceled. And I write about this in Guide to Cancer Culture. He was canceled. In 23 major uh, retailers like Kohl's, Bed, Bath, and Beyond, they didn't want to carry his pillow. It's a good pillow. Why? Because the president of the company, the founder, supported Donald Trump. It was almost, it wasn't even anything he said. He supported the wrong political. uh, And they punished him by taking his products out of the school. My own book, God in Cancer Culture, was not carried by Walmart. They carried all my books on Donald Trump. But not this one. And, you know, we can't really prove what they did, but they were we were told that higher ups said they didn't want to carry a book like this. Now, my case is very, very small, but the book and the book is still available. But we've got to support people. We've got to support each other. We can't let these people get away with it or they'll try to cancel all of us to where we have no access to media. And, you know, it's like a domino effect. So Thank you and your ministry for standing strong. I really enjoyed being with you up in Pennsylvania last fall. It was a great experience. I have so much appreciation for you and Winnie and everyone that's there and and for doing events like this. And we're going to do what I can to uh, try to publicize it after the fact. I've gotten permission to use this interview on my podcast uh, called The Strang Report, which has millions of downloads. And we we can work together yeah. to get out the word and we can work together to encourage each other. And for me, Georgian, you are a
1: huge encouragement. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to every month. I don't know if you if you knew, but we, we're strategically planning an event like this every month all the way to November with the goal of winning the majority in, a, in a Congress. Uh, next, next month will be uh, connected to the Passover uh, with the divine protection, the blood of Jesus and everything. And then May, which I really hope that you will join us as well, it's about the midterm, uh, the, the actually the primary that prepare for the midterms, right? I'm learning about that. <laughs> but it, it's very crucial uh, in May that we get involved with telling people, helping people how to Go and how to elect the primaries that will eventually best of of them will go on a, on a, in November election in the midterm, right? So that'll be great if you could. Could you could you please uh, release a, a prayer of a strength that you have and faithfulness of God over over our viewers? Thank you.
0: I'm happy to. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Lord. I'm thankful for this ministry who's standing strong, Lord. I pray that this message will get out far and wide. Lord, I just pray that you'll do something in the hearts of each listener, and really of all believers everywhere, I just pray that you stir up the gift that, you know the Bible talks about stirring up the gift that's in us. And Lord, you've given so many gifts. In fact, charismatic renewal means a renewal of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we have power through the Holy Spirit, through the blood of Jesus, to bring down strongholds. Lord, I just pray that intercessors, We'll do warfare in the spiritual realm because we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray a special blessing on Georgian and Winnie and their entire ministry in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.